previously on Adventure They Wrote. Several of the guards were killed by the drow, and now it's only a matter of time before the fuzz shows up. Yeah, the fuzz. The fuzz. A.K.A. the fuzz. 5-0. I, I would like you to roll an intimidation check. 13. He doesn't seem very intimidated. Go ahead and roll a persuasion check. Uh, it's a 10 total. He doesn't seem very persuaded. You can go ahead and roll an intimidation with advantage. A nine is what she got. Oh, still not very intimidated. We're not an intimidating lot, are we? Yeah. Hey, you guys are not intimidating. So you can choose. You can either roll a persuasion check for that or a deception check. He doesn't have any charisma bonuses. That's a two on the on the die. I love it. What a clown car of an interrogation. I'm getting too old for this stuff. I was one day away from retirement. <laughs> That's the next character I'm going to play, that guard. Oh, I love it. That's such a good idea. Like a human fighter who's like 59 years old. Still level one. Still level one because he's just been a quiet town guard for his entire existence. Yeah, he's never happy. (laughs) The City of Splendors. That's what Volo calls it anyway. Crown of the North. As long as you don't leave the castle ward, I'm sure the city does gleam just as bright as his pamphlets say it does. But here in the South Ward, or out by the docks, things get a little more dicey. So, if you need something, we're here. We may be a ragtag group who can't interrogate to save our lives, but we've got it where it counts. So yeah, Volo may call it the City of Splendors. To everyone else, it's just water deep. I think after the Countess has a long rest, she might um, stop by the antiquity shop on the way to the office, probably before or after she gets her morning pastry. Doran, what's your your morning plan? Doran? turned into a, a dog with a good nose and went around Waterdeep looking for the best smelling pastries. That's awesome. So he's going to bring a box of pastries and a box of meat pies. Hopefully the best pastries. He, he, put, a, he put a lot of effort into it. He spent the whole wild shape hour. Um, Brad, roll a perception <laughs> check. Can I get that with advantage? Oh, yes, you can because you're a dog. Oh, yeah. 22. Okay. We're back. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if he cut in front of the line ahead of the countess and got like the last chocolate babka or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember, you mentioned actually that the previous night you, you had turned into a bear um, and smelled the scrap of drow flesh that had the corruption on it. Yeah. So you picked up a very unique smell from the corruption. It's entirely different from the the flesh and blood smell of the the scrap. And in your quest for delicious pastries the next morning, you pick up on that same scent. Oh. And you pick it up outside of a moderately well-known entrance into the Undermountain. I'm going to notate that entrance. Ooh. Would you say that like one out of every eight townsfolk knows that entrance to one, the Undermountain? It's moderately 
No? Moderately, yeah. I, I would say, like, there's a certain crowd, right? Oh, okay. If you run in certain circles. If you run in certain circles and, and sense... Undermountain Fight Club. Exactly, exactly. One of those people. Yeah. <laughs> well, Doran's a newbie, so he won't know even what the Undermountain is. But in your time as an investigator, like, all of this crime is kind of bubbling up out of the Undermountain. Oh, okay. And so... In those circles, the people that are dealing with this, whether they are the fences or the the guards or, you know, investigators like you, you've come to know some of the the various entrances to the Undermountain. And it's not just the yawning portal. There are houses with basements that have strange portals in them that lead down into the Undermountain. So you, you find that smell around one of these entrances to the Undermountain. Excellent. I'll, I'll, I'll note it on my map when I turn back to Doran mode. Countess, you uh, were bringing the Scrimshaw dagger to an antiquities dealer, correct? That is correct. You show it to her, and it's this, like, gnarled old gnomish woman who has a high counter in her shop and, like, a very high stool behind it so that she's able to kind of meet eye to eye with the patrons in the store and she's just enamored with the dagger when you present it to her she loves this dagger she says it's the it's the most exquisite thing she's ever seen oh isn't it though i thought i thought of you right away um we do have our eye on on the market but um i wanted your opinion of this this fine fine artifact so she tells you that something like this would have been in a family uh for generations um these almost never uh you know in her entire lifetime she's never seen something like this kind of like found or discovered somewhere uh these are passed down from usually uh very old families usually also very powerful families and typically the carving whether it's you know a functional piece like this dagger or a decorative piece that would like hang on your mantle or something like that the carving tells the story of that family um and so you know very successful merchant might have uh you know the the goods that funded his wealth or an artist would have the instruments or tools that he or she used to you know make the name for themselves and so based on the work on this dagger she can tell that it came from a very uh, warrior family oh how interesting is that well thank you very kindly my dear um could i trouble you just for one tidbit more of information on another item that um it's one of the one of the pieces that, well, you know how we um, keep some of our business on the down low. Um, this might be one of those pieces. And she pulls out um, the little seal um, that she made a copy of uh, uh, for the signet ring, and she just wants wants to know um, what it could be from. Um, she sees the engraving on the signet ring, and all the blood drains from her face. And her hands start shaking and she lets it drop onto the counter in front of her. And she says, whoever gave this to you or wherever you got it, stay far away. You don't want anything to do with this, my dear. Oh, well, that's rather good to know. Um, 
who might this belong to? She looks very hesitant to uh, respond. Between friends, of course. You can make a persuasion check or something of that nature um, to try to convince her that it will be okay. Before she does that, um, I think what she wants to do when she sees her reaction is message her and say, this is absolutely between us, but I, I do very much value your concern for my safety, as I am with yours, so we shall keep this just between us. Um, and she will roll. <laughs> Did you say persuasion? Yes. Three. Oh. Oh no, five, five, sorry. Yeah, but yeah. Advantage for role playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. Actually, I, I agree. I love the idea of using message um, to, to keep it very secret. So yeah, you can roll again. Okay. <laughs> Be nice to me. You were so good before. Why am I? Nope. Six. <laughs> no, that's that's not enough. She uh, she just sort of shakes her head and her her lips form this this tight line, and she, you know, nope, 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 nope. Absolutely understandable, my dear. Like I said, between us, um, we'll we'll pretend that this conversation, this little thing, never happened. Um, it's precisely why I didn't bring it bring it to you um, and just made a copy. Um, but I do thank you ever so kindly for all the information that you've provided on this lovely, lovely antiquity. Isn't it quite beautiful? Uh, she seems to return a little bit. The color comes back a little bit now that she, you know, is more focused on the artifact and she she nods her head. She says yes. And I want you to make a note, Kat, because this is a contact that you can come back to later. Okay. Uh, this is Panana. Panana. And she's the she's a gnomish antiquity dealer that's been in business in Waterdeep for decades. Excellent. Now, would the Countess know what Panana enjoys in terms of sweets and things like that? Probably bananas. <laughs> I was going to say bread. Banana bread. <laughs> Banana bread. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Uh, yes, you you one hundred percent would have that relationship with her. Um, I imagine you know you met over tea at the first time and occasionally get together to drink tea and judge people. So yeah, you would. <laughs> Or other noble things. Yes. So I think... Yeah, so you have that knowledge. All right. So I think uh, she, uh, the Countess would have gone to the pastry shop first. Uh, and as she leaves, she leaves with a parting gift of, um, of some fancy pastry that she knows that Panana um, enjoys. Great. Awesome. Okay, Talia... Um, Celine went last night to the Jade Dancer to try to... Mm -hmm. I wish we had role-played it because the, the bouncer would have been fun again. Yeah. You still can. <laughs> uh, oh, that guy. More people messaged me to tell me that they liked the bouncer than anything else so far. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much the best character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, got him on, I've got him on my list of important people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your perception was pretty low. You didn't see anything while you were there. Hey, I take that personally. But you had a great conversation with the bartender. The bartender told you 
that Grucken's son, Mon's Grucken's son, has been around uh, lately, and he's gotten into a little bit of trouble getting drunk and in fights. Max, refresh my memory. What was it that you were doing? I was looking at all of the paperwork that we had uh, retrieved from the boat. And you rolled a very good investigation check, didn't you? 24. That's right. I would also like to point out that at this point, Max has uh, taken one of the walls of the invest uh, of the agency and has uh, started to put things up and uh, has the red yarn at the ready. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Jason, give yourself uh, inspiration for that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> okay, so there, there doesn't seem to be anything more in the shipping manifests. It's basically just the schedules and the list of artifacts that have been moved, uh, that kind of thing. Got it. But upon a closer inspection on the maps, you see that there are certain areas in the Moonshe Isles uh, especially the sort of group of i uh, the group of islands between the Moonshe Isles and Velen, where a certain number of coves have been marked uh, with little circles. And if you'd like, you can actually roll an insight check. Uh, that'll be eighteen total, fifteen on the dice. Yeah. So these the the coves that have been circled are all very well out of the way. Um, they're not, they're in areas that aren't heavily traveled, um, and, uh, there wouldn't be a lot of observers in those areas. Good for pirates is what you're saying. (laughs) Am I saying that? Yes. Yes, you are. (laughs) Find out next time on Deep Trouble. I think that Max is inferring that. (laughs) Uh, no, uh, that would be a, that would be a pretty... That would be a pretty accurate assumption. Excellent. Jason, the player, knows that Luskin is home of pirates. Because Jason loves pirates and has wanted to play a Luskin pirate ever since he read the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. (laughs) Well, even even Max knows that Luskin is home of pirates. And, uh, you know, that's how Grucken got started, if you remember, before he was a Waterdeep crime lord and smuggler. Uh, he made his fortune as a pirate uh, along the Sword Coast. Indeed. Gilly, uh, you go to the... you. It was the newspaper, right? You went to work out and then... Right, that was, that was the night before I, I went to Tiny's Gym, uh, did a quick workout, you know, said hi to any of the locals that were there. And then uh, the next morning early, I, would, I went over to um, the underpress to check in there. Uh, see what the current clack was and then um, pick up a paper too as well. Yeah, so there are a couple stories that catch your eye in the paper uh, that were written by some of the, you know, the halfling bullpen. The first is that the city guard is wondering if there is an epidemic of goo people happening (laughs) in the city. And the second is that Uh, There was another fire in the South Ward last night. It wasn't a very big one, but it was in the area where the fires have been happening, where Team Short investigated all the way back 
in episode one. All right. Uh, that sounds great. Um, I mean, there's nothing else I could probably glean from any of the reporters that might have put together the stories. Uh, no, just those those happenings. Okay. Uh, well, I'll grab the uh, paper and head into the office this morning, I guess. Um, assuming that we wanted to get together and uh, go over the last night's findings and um, develop a new plan of action. Well, the Countess is going to be late, probably on account of her not just going to the pastry shop, but stopping in at Panana's um, antiquity shop. Dorn will walk into the office with a box of pastries and a box of meat pies, set them both down on on the desk and proudly walk over to the wall after looking at it for a moment and take a piece of his map out that he had circled and pin it and then ring a string from the drow over to it. Inspiration, Brad. <laughs> Excellent. And then uh, Max is going. Max is very interested in what he has found. I got something new for you. Like if it if it's going up on the board, Max wants to know. <laughs> There's a door. It smells just like those drow did right there in the map. Interesting. Uh, Max, you uh, recognize that as uh, one of the entrances to Undermountain. Ah, uh, yes. One of the entrances to Undermountain. <laughs> <laughs> Gilly uh, comes in uh, pretty soon, and he uh, sees whatever contraption you're putting up on the wall, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, with threads going to and fro, and kind of cocks an eye on it and says, yeah, that's that's all good stuff you got going on there. You have to give me a download on what's happening there. Um, hey, uh, did you see the underpress today? And I kind of put the paper down. And at the top of the paper, it reads, Cannibal Elf claims a wizard made him do it. Um, but <laughs> under under that, there are stories about the goo people and the Southward fire. Dor- Dorn will grab a copy and a meat pie and sit down to read it. Now walk me through what's going on here. All right, so here's what I've got on the board. We've got fires in the South Ward with a moneyed group buying up property. And if they... The people won't sell. They're burning them out. We've got Gruck and Axehaft commissioning ships at the Stonemast shipyard. We've got Drow coming from Under Mountain to kill the guards that are at the, the dock worker guards at Stonemast shipyard. We've got a really nice dagger and these maps and these bills of lading that show antiquities and other goods and sundries coming from Chult. Coves on the map showing pirate locations in the Moonshe in and around the Moonshe Isles. And and he's just kind of looking and tracing the 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 threads and um, the center is our suspect, you know, just with without any names just Suspect. So the Countess uh, waltzes in and takes immediate stock of, of the wall with all these bits of paper and red string. She looks a little um, confused and then it sort of dawns on her. She has this sort of like un- understanding on her face and she's like, oh, we're putting a collage together for artwork on the wall, I suppose. Um if you wanted some art pieces, I could very easily um, purchase some. I was just at a shop, actually, in, in, in the city, and I could have picked up something. <laughs> she looks a little distressed now. It's more of a, a, 
me putting all of our work parts up so that we can see how all of these puzzle pieces are fitting together. Oh, I see. Well, um... Less art, more conspiracy. Very well. Uh, that should be the motto for the Waterdeep Detective Agency. <laughs> Less art, more conspiracy. <laughs> yes. Well, she's going to, to slowly shut the door behind her and say, well, I haven't much to put on the board itself, but um, but between us all, uh, I was able to discover some fairly useful information about the, the dagger, which was confirmed is quite lovely. And she just uh, sort of explains uh, the history of the dagger. Um, she also messages Max and says... You should not keep that signet ring on your person. It is quite dangerous. Max nods in understanding. I think this is a good time for Celine to kind of like saunter in. Uh, uh, what? Oh, that smell. Oh, um, I might have um, uh, had a little bit of whiskey, but... uh. I have some things to share. Yeah, I don't think she saunters in as much as stumbles in. <laughs> stumbles. <laughs> well, in her mind, she's sauntering. She's very graceful. <laughs> the uh, the countess will will put on some tea and and say to Celine, "Oh, I'll I'll fix you up with a, a bit of hair of the dog, if you will." Oh, thank you. And then she's actually gonna grab a meat pie and just be. Are you, wait, are you cooking dog? There's dog. No, no, what? No. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I hope that's not true. No, no. My dear, do you do recall um, my aversion to uh, injuring those mastiffs? It's a, it's a phrase from... It, it was a joke. I was, I was, I was poking, poking at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Does she have to roll a deception check? <laughs> Max got an 18 insight, so uh, I got you. <laughs> Celine's going to also like look at the pastries, and then she's just going to look at one of the meat pies and be like, ugh. And then she's going to eat one. And she's going to be like, it'll be better in the end. <laughs> one of the meat pies? Yeah. Dorn looks up from his paper. Well, I didn't expect that. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I think the Countess would also, she's going to pick up a paper and sort of like look down her nose at the at the pastries. Oh, Fletch, how good are these pastries that Dorn picked out? Oh, they're real good. So she's she's going to uh, she's going to pick one up and and look around and rather surprised and and say, well, this is a rather pleasant surprise. Um, <laughs> who who among you um, has such lovely taste in in pastries? Doran will look up again. Well, you see, you didn't like the meat pies, so I got you some pastries. Oh, my dear, you you're you're quite a lovely chap, aren't you? Enjoy. Cheers. Thank you. She's going to make sure she gives him a, a spot of tea with a little something in it. <laughs> <laughs> Gilly's just looking over at the Countess and kind of 
you know, <laughs> you know, raising his chin a little bit. Hey, you can bring some of that over here. Oh, I brought something for you. Um, she pulls out one of her standard pastries that she always carries in her handbag. <laughs> oh, gee, you shouldn't have. <laughs> Gilly just kind of gives her like the biggest fake smile and just takes it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, her her pastries are quite nice. <laughs> well, but they're bag pastries, aren't they? <laughs> they're ba- well, she got them fresh in the, in the morning. She has to carry them somehow. <laughs> she can't get her purse dirty. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. If they're fresh in the morning, I, that's fine. That's true. Okay. All right. Then that's fine. And yeah, she's going to sit down in her comfortable chair and start um, flipping through the paper, but also um, encourage Celine to talk as soon as she's <laughs> finished her meat pie and had some tea in her. <laughs> oh, I just envision that Celine just takes like two giant bites out of the meat pie and then just like chugs the tea <laughs> and, and just kind of like shakes it off a little bit. <laughs> Whew, okay. Um, so it turns out that uh, Mons Gruckinson is getting into a bit of trouble around the bars and stuff. He's been starting some fights and pretty drunk lately. Is he fighting with anyone in particular? Uh, Fletch, did I get any of that information? Um, no, the bartender didn't really know that much. Uh, just that he had been um, tossed out of a few places uh, for uh, getting drunk and fighting. Uh, no, he's just been tossed out a few times and it sounds like he's been stirring up some trouble. Uh between the bartender and our, our wonderful friend, the bouncer. Um, it sounds like they've been having to deal with him on the regular. What have you guys been up to in here? Sorry, I uh, didn't quite make it in on time today. Gilly just kind of points to the wall. That, you know, monster, they've been putting it together. Oh, um... <laughs> It's not art, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the Countess interjects just to make sure that Celine doesn't get embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> that uh yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't classify that as art <laughs> you're you're probably right uh she's just gonna kind of like rub her eyes a little bit more and walk up to it and start looking at all the like random goblin scribbles <laughs> max what what is this well for what it's worth there was one thing that wasn't on the board and that was the three tusk gang connection oh yes thank you thank you thrice Tusk Brigade. Sorry, my bad. I wrote down Three Tusk Gang because it was easier for me to remember. Actually, Three Tusk Gang is the name of a musical band. Waterdeep Bluegrass. <laughs> See, I'm just a big fan. They get confused a lot. Yeah. I will. Uh, I'll. I'll add it to the board. I'll add it to the board. Max runs and writes it. He like scribbles it on a piece of paper and like sticks it into the wall. Your uh, conversation is interrupted by a knock at the door. Somebody else want to get that. Yeah, the countess just flips a page in the newspaper. <laughs> I got it. I'm usually the door greeter anyway. Um, I open the door. Yeah, Gilly, you open the door and you find a Waterdeep courier. Oh, hello. What you got for us today? He holds up a, a folded envelope in front of him and he says, Countess de... Dev, Devin, I just, uh, I just snatch, I just snatch the thing from his hand and say, "Thanks a lot," and I close the door on him. <laughs> his silhouette 
stands out there with the hand still kind of outstretched for a couple minutes before he walks off grumbling <laughs> about the rudeness of halflings. Uh, also, I, I did say thank you. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. <laughs> the door slam doesn't count if you say thank you. <laughs> I also said I closed the door. Yes. Does uh, does the parcel have any writing on it? Uh, just your name in sort of really flowing, elegant calligraphy. She will open the package. Um, so inside you find a note from uh, Frederick, the noble uh, that you had uh, sent a, a message to previously. In the note, he says that uh, he's heard your name in certain circles, and he would love to sit down for a chat. Excellent. But it seems that the lead that we might have on um, who may be purchasing some of these hovels that are burning down has been in touch, and um, I should like to have a chit-chat with him. Although I don't know whether or not this is a false lead at this point, but it would be rather rude to deny the invitation after after the lengthy correspondence. And uh, who, who is this gentleman again? It's Frederick. He's the, I would say, about the 10th uh, wealthiest um, noble in Waterdeep. I thought perhaps his, his profile might have met... Um, met the requirements of, of someone rather he's rather dim um, could easily be fooled into investing in in some um, shenanigans that sort of thing oh yes you were off um, uh, escorting Trieste while I was corresponding with him oh that's right that's right hey Countess do you think uh, he might let a few extra invitations through <laughs> I suppose if you behave yourselves <laughs> when do I not and then she's gonna kind of at this point Fletch does does the Countess have an, uh, like an understanding of Frederick um, does he have a reputation of maybe going to places like the Jade Dancer but maybe some higher end versions of it um, no, he actually kind of lives his status more appropriately. He's the, the like we said, the 10th most powerful, wealthiest noble in Waterdeep. And he's the kind of guy that really desperately wants to be the 8th or the 7th. You know, he's always kind of thinking about, like, that next station, that next level. Sure. And so he doesn't spend a lot of time... He doesn't have distractions like that. He's not the kind of guy that's looking for excitement or that kind of thing. Um, he's trying to elevate his station. Yes. Countess, do you think perhaps he needs some entertainment for his guests that perhaps might give them enough excitement that they um, hold him in the highest regard? I suppose that's rather an interesting uh, proposition. Yes, let's let's do that. And then uh, Selena's gonna uh, reach into her disguise kit and pull out this like beautiful gown. And then she can't get rid of her horns, but she's gonna sort of disguise her face to seem a little bit more like something the nobles wouldn't be surprised by, like. You know, some kind of like theater makeup that would be appropriate to to do something like a large performance. 
I think the Countess would also like to assist Celine um, by um, wrapping her, her hair around the horns and then providing, um, because she's from Shulong, occasionally she has these um, hair pieces that are very elaborate um, and as sort of, it would cover a little bit more headspace than, than Celine would actually have. <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. I think that's what the, the Countess and, um, and Celine will do in the next part. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what Max and Gilly and Doran are doing. Oh, Dor- Doran's just going to get up and stand in front of the, what do you call that? Investigation mural? Yes. Well, now, now we, we do. do. <laughs> it's better than conspiracy board. Yes. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> That's a much better name. It's not art. Yeah. I like conspiracy board better. <laughs> Conspiracy board. No, that makes us sound crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Investigation board. In my head, Max like grabs a a marker and like scratches out conspiracy board and writes investigation mural underneath it. This needs like a marker squeak. (laughs) (laughs) Dorian will stand in front of the investigation mural with his hands on his hips. What do you think, boys? Well, we have a lot of moving parts. We've got the Kalashite boys that we have not investigated yet, and they're illegal artifacts out of Chult. We've got uh, the fires in the South Ward that we still don't know who's starting them. Uh, We still need to figure out who these drow are, especially since it's clear that they are uh, moneyed assassins with a ring such as the one that I have been... uh, Gifted by our drow friend who totally uh, left that encounter alive. Which is good. Wouldn't want to hurt nobody if we can help it. Wouldn't want to turn him into goo if we can help it. Hey, Max. Yes? Max, don't forget about Emery. Oh, right. From the Thrice Tusk Brigade. I'm going to write that on the board. Uh. <laughs> You guys laugh, but I'm keeping this in my notes because there's a lot of moving parts here. I know. I'm doing it too. <laughs> God, now that I'm looking at it like this, I've 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 actually made myself feel even less like I know what's going on than I did before I looked at this. It's like, oh, Right. Oh, there's this and that. I know. <laughs> yeah. Gilly, what do you think? Gilly's just uh, kind of sitting there munching on a pastry uh, that the Countess gave him. And he is uh, looking at the board with his feet up on the on the desk. Um, and he just kind of looks over at all of you and says, you know, why don't we just check out that Undermountain entrance? That sounds like it might uh, lead us somewhere interesting. Doran looks back a little, look nervously. Well, <laughs> I've never been in the Undermountain before. I don't, I don't know much about that. <laughs> Sweating a little bit. Yeah, it's not as bad as you might think. I got, uh, I got some some sordid history. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if that's where the drow are, maybe maybe that's where we need to go. <laughs> I'm sure, I'll be welcomed back with open arms. Gulp. <laughs> Gulp. Okay, so Team Tall is going to liaise with the noble. 
Wait a second. They get to go hang out with the, the 10th richest person in Waterdeep and maybe the realms, and we're going into, like, the worst place? <laughs> Are you fellas in for a little party? I, I would call our investigation angle more interesting. <laughs> Doesn't seem fair. I kind of would like to at least wait for them to finish that what they're doing uh, so that we can all go into Undermountain together because... Um, I got real hurt uh, the last yeah. time oh, we yeah. fought those drow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you two don't look like the healing type. I'm a healing type. Yeah, no, I I'm I'm not advocating for that. Hey, uh, I do just fine on my own, right? I mean, I only got knocked out once so far. That no, that's a good point. That's true. That's a true story. <laughs> oh no, no, it wasn't suggesting that we all split up again. I was I was actually just suggesting I wanted to uh, take a look at that undermountain entrance and see where it leads. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least to Undermountain, of course, but, you know, where else it leads. I think, I think the Countess would, would uh, sort of raise her eyebrow at that and, and say, well, you're not going to have all that fun without the, the ladies, are you? That's not very, it's mm. not very gentlemanly. She's got a good point there. Yeah. Uh, is, is somebody of my, uh, um, I guess, race going to be welcomed? Um, the invitation did not explicitly say that you did have plus four, but it also didn't say that you didn't have plus four. Well, I think it, she's more concerned about about the fact that, uh, you know, you've, we've got a, a goblin who, you know, goblins aren't very well known for, for being good. That's true. There's not a lot of etiquette on the short side of the table. <laughs> Yes, and then we have a druid who is a bit rough around the edges, and then a, a newspaper <laughs> boy. Um, I'm not. I'm not certain that, as as you were saying about Frederick's status, he was looking for for people who would elevate him. So I'm not really sure. Well, it's water deep is a bunch of racists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. Um, I I don't think it's something that the Countess is actually super worried about uh, because it doesn't it doesn't just take you know wealthier more powerful people to elevate your status. It could be entirely possible that knowing and being friendly with uh, you know one of Waterdeep's I won't say seedier investigational institutions uh, would be beneficial, but um, having a relationship with private detectives. Uh, could be very beneficial uh, to a noble. Mm-hmm. Oh, we could dig up dig up dirt on his. Uh, mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you could absolutely be a resource, and if you were to position it like that, he would he would probably have no problem uh, sitting down at the same table with a goblin. Is the uh, countess's um, hobby of investigations well known among the? the nobles um in certain circles of the nobles yes uh frederick is probably a bit outside of that circle from a uh wealth and power standpoint um but uh it is it's possible that word has reached him and with uh with gilly we might be able to uh use the angles that you know it's always good to have the newspaper on your side oh yeah and i think too i mean being that Team Short has a lot more of the stealth side of things. They don't have to be seen when we go in. 
we can introduce ourselves first and sort of see what's going on before. Oh, and the Countess would also like to suggest that Doran take on the form of a very, very beautiful, like, purebred peacock dog dog of some sort or peacock yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> oh a peacock would be amazing Doran's face was getting a little sour when he was turning into a Pomeranian but a peacock perks up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't technically fly, do they? No, they don't. You can turn into a, a flight animal. You just can't fly. Right, right. There you go. Yeah. You're clipped. You have clip wings. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the Countess's emotional support peacock. <laughs> well, I'd have to ask the DM, does Doran know peacock form? A peacock, no. Um, but you've seen some pretty regal dogs out on the street of Waterdeep, so you can turn into one of those. Uh, a Shih Tzu or something like that. Uh, it could be like a, a, a Great Dane. Great Dane or a, a, what do you call it, a, a Greyhound? Oh, yeah. All right, a Greyhound will do. What about the King Charles, though? They're so cute. <laughs> I think Doran is. I think Doran is more of a more of a pug. Yes. <laughs> I could sit in a teacup, teacup dog, please. I can't, I can't. I can't be one of those little those little yipper. Oh. That's just too much, man. And then you hold me. Oh, my dog is ever so nice. No. <laughs> oh, what are the dogs that don't have a lot of hair? Um, He's the mangy dock dog. A mangy teacup dock dog. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Chinese crested? Is that it? Yes, that's it. <laughs> How about a really cool parrot? Or a Peruvian Inca orchid. What? <laughs> Where do those come from? It's a breed of hairless dog. Thorn's oh. backing up into the corner. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about all these different kinds of dog what? breeds. But As Max like kicks his issues of dog fancy yeah. under the desk so that you can't see them. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh. <laughs> all right. Dor- Dorn gives his best schnauzer. A really nice schnauzer. Oh, I think that, yeah, that's a that's a good one. That one reflects your personality nicely. Oh, that's a good choice. It's a good choice. Why, thank you. Which it comes out as like, rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> The Countess will, will pull, uh, will pull um, a bracelet or something, a bejeweled bracelet from her handbag and put it around as a, as a collar. I, I hope that thing's loose for when it comes off. He transforms back into a gnome and decapitates <laughs> himself. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. No. Well, that was a short campaign. All right, so I suppose that is where we we head off. Yeah, you're heading out to the to the noble's house now? Yeah, I'm going to stop along the way to my place and get some good uh, some nice clothes to wear. Well, actually, so you you open the door of the office to leave and find Croc standing in the hallway uh, with his hand up ready to knock and he doesn't look very happy at all. Oh, no! Oh, <laughs> I like it. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-oh. Sergeant Croc at the door. What are the chances that the Waterdeep Detective Agency's antics at the docks have made their way back to the office? You'll just have to tune into episode 10 of Deep Trouble. Hello there, it's Jason, a.k.a. Max, your goblin detective and producer of the show. 
don't forget, next week the show comes out on Boxing Day, December 26th. No short rest next week. We're going to have a special edition of our live stream show that we played for Extra Life. It's going to be the audio-only podcast version, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of which, you might be listening to us on Spotify right now, which is pretty cool. We're excited to be on Spotify. As usual, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, which is where all of our audio is hosted. As usual, I would love to say thank you for listening. It's really fun to put the podcast together, but it's even more fun to play in the games that we record for you guys to listen to. So thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you for giving us all of the feedback. We've had some more reviews come in, and that's been really cool. So the more stars that you give us and the more things that you type about us, the more people will be able to listen to us. So share us with your friends. Pretty, pretty, pretty please. Did that sound too desperate? I hope not. Another, as usual, I want to say another big thank you to Tabletop Audio. Tim over at Tabletop Audio has graciously let us use all of his sounds, even in a show that's kind of sound effects light like this episode. We really love being able to use all of Tabletop Audio's offerings. Check them out for yourself. Use them in your own tabletop games at home. All of their stuff is always free, and if you want to chip in, you can find them on Patreon, tabletopaudio.com. And finally, with the holidays upon us, I wanted to point you in the direction of the Feast of the Moon podcast specials. Our own Kat Kruger, the Countess in Adventure They Wrote, is also the DM of the D20 Dames, and they've produced a really cool Feast of the Moon podcast special along with four other all-women podcasts that are D&D actual play shows. So go check them out, d20dames.com. You can also find the link for The Venture Maidens, The Broadswords, Fate and the Fable Maidens, and Roll Like a Girl. There are four crossover episodes they release on December 16th, 24th, 29th, and the 30th. So check it out. We're going to post the link on all of our social media pages and all that stuff. Speaking of social media, please do follow us everywhere. Just search Adventure They Wrote. That's going to do it for me. Thank you once again for listening, and tune in next time for more mystery. The Adventure They Wrote podcast is copyright 2018 AdventureTheyWrote.com and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 4.0 International License. That means that you can share it, and we really encourage that, but you can't make any changes to it, and you're not allowed to charge for it. If you have any questions, visit creativecommons.org. 